Good morning, good people, and welcome to the Poolproof Wisdom Podcast. For regular listeners, today marks a new chapter in the podcast's brief history as we are branching out beyond the podcast being my individual reflection on a topic to having conversations with people who embody these stories of faith, self-help, personal development, self-awareness, and inner strength the podcast is all about. I'm kicking off this new chapter of what I'm calling Poolproof Wisdom, conversations with a guest I'm very honored agreed to be my first guest. A little background as to why. It has been quite a week for anyone who believes in justice for all humans, as the verdict in the Derek Chauvin case has been reached and he was found guilty on all counts. Now, some called it justice, but what it really was is accountability for taking a black life that had not been seen in far too many cases. To reflect on that and other realities, Selwyn Jones, who is George Floyd's uncle and now an impassioned activist for reforms and accountability when it comes to law enforcement, is my first guest. Selwyn was born in the Jim Crow South, the youngest of 17 children. His parents were tobacco sharecroppers and endured hate, disrespect, and other unimaginable aggressions that Selwyn and his siblings were witness to and grew up realizing would be one of the challenges they'd face no matter what their accomplishments. Now, a successful salesman, hotel owner, and community leader, Selwyn never forgot those early lessons and applied them to ensuring that the circumstances under which he grew up did not define who he became. Good morning, Selwyn, and thank you so much for joining us. How are you this morning? I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm right out in Bushtown. Um, glad we had a lot of things come to uh, ahead this week, but we got a lot more things that we got to work on. Yes, we do. You know? And and tell me, given the fact that the week was what it was, when the verdict came down after all of the months that have passed. Tell me what was your reaction when you were watching, because I know you were, and what that meant to you. I was on my way to the courthouse. I got a call Monday, Wednesday, whenever it was, to say, you need to be at the courthouse in the morning. So I was right in front of the motel when they called the verdict out and I'm thinking to myself, man, just wait two more minutes and I'll be. Mm -hmm. You know, Charles, me and you talked about this a number of times before. It didn't matter what the verdict was to me because that isn't anything that I could control. I could not control uh, who votes yay and who voted nay. I could not control any of that situation. I can't bring Perry back. Um, he can't be a daddy, a nephew, an uncle, or any of those things anymore. And immediately, I went to thinking about, okay, they've made their mistake. What am I going to do now to continue uh, making my state? Mm. Because this is... Um, I hate to be that unlucky or lucky guy to have George Ford as my nephew that put us all in a situation where we could change things. But somebody somebody had to 
had this job to do, and it's been put upon me, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because even though we got one situation concluded, we still have a problem, Charles. We still have systemic racism. We still have racism. We still have hatred. We still have power. We still have control by the same group of people. And it's not going to change anytime soon unless we force the narrative by having conversations, by having a lot of communication, by educating people, and by irritating people. That's right. Because That's we right. need things to change, my brother. That's right. So, Selwyn, let me ask you this, going back a little bit. Um, you have taken on this role to put yourself out there and find a way to try to create change. But how do you move from the shock of what you experienced um, not quite a year ago when this in entire episode in our nation and global history happened that changed the perspectives of a lot of people but were you know, seen as commonplace by a lot of other people. How did you get from that point beyond that initial shock and horror to rationalizing that you had to find a way of taking that tremendous tragedy and turn it into something more triumphant? How did you get there? Charles, I, I've been here for probably 45 50 years. I just had had anything to call me to service yet, per se. And to watch one of your favorite people um, get murdered, totally controlled and dominated, it puts a little pers different perspective to your eyes. Because first two minutes, I didn't know the last seven and a half minutes. I sat back and just looked and anything that any Caucasian person has ever said to me that's been on the side of their neck, I think it all come right back to right my face. I think that that any wrongdoing of any man just came right back in my face. It brought me to the conclusion that I've got to make things better for my babies. I've got to make things better for your babies. I've got to make things better for Joe Biden's grandchildren. I've got to make things right for, for all races, creeds, or colors because it's reality. Black lives matter because our lives are black, Charles. White lives matter because, you know, Caucasian people. Hispanic people out of matter. But what we're trying to get down to is this epidemic of, of killing of young black men, which since the verdict has been uh, given, there's been two people in Paris in this country because of a power to control or just for states. And, you know, you heard the phrase stupid is stupid does yeah well we gotta have a bunch of stupid uh police officers that are on the force that are continuously killing young black men and 
this time, this day and time of the world. You know, last night it was a young man shot four times in the back while running away. Um, Your friend of Dante, right? Yep. Uh, you are. Uh, We've got to do something that'll that'll make them slow down and qualified immunity might be that particular situation that we need. We definitely need it. Uh, is that going to be enough to make people slow down and think twice before they make a decision that's going to uh, last forever? You know, we don't know, but we know that if they've got to think about it, they have to slow down and think about certain situations. It's going to be a difference. It's going to make a difference. Right. It's going to make a difference whether they go home, whether you go home, whether everybody goes home. Right. You know, and that's the bad part about it is somebody's going to have to make that decision. So, you know, it would be great in a perfect world because, you know, um, you know, sling some pixie dust down and, and say, hey, man, this stop, stop not liking me because of the color of my skin. Stop not liking me because I sound funny. Stop not liking me because I'm tall. Stop not liking me because of my freckles. You know, there's a lot of stop not liking me or, but, you know, it's up to people to come to that conclusion. Right. Why are we not liking that? Because, right. uh, the skin's dark, you know. So we gotta start taking things. Uh, we gotta start being accountable for ourselves, and just realize that everybody isn't bad. Everybody isn't good either. But you shouldn't dump everybody in one part because you're black. Don't mean you're ignorant or dumb or stupid. No, because you're white. Don't mean that you that you don't like black people. You're a redneck, or you know, it lives the country. You know what I'm saying? But generally being black means that other races don't like you. They think they're better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being Caucasian, uh, you do make the rules. You do make things happen. You do make decisions in the world. So why not make the decision to let everybody just be equal and free? Because that's what we really are. That's what we're supposed to be. But they forgot. I reckon when they come up, when they come up with us, they put an asterisk beside it, and it says, "As long as he's subservient, as long as he listens, as long as he understands uh, and state and, and and know his role." Uh, that's good to be, but that isn't how it should be, uh, Mister Paul. You know, everybody should have a a right to make a decision. That is best for their life, their perspective, and unfortunately, we're not given that opportunity. I see. Can I want somebody tell us. Yeah, I want to come back ahead. to that. So, and that's an important point. But let me go back to something that you said earlier, when you were talking about the fact that all kinds of people have good people and not so good people. Why do you think it is that when it comes to law enforcement, people want to assume that just because someone wears the uniform, that that means that they are a good person inherently? I kind of think back to that you know, Chris Rock joke where he said that there are just some jobs where you have got to be a good person 
And I think that certainly law enforcement include, is included in that. So why do you think that so many people are in direct opposition of any idea that if there is law enforcement involved, that there should be any question about the nature of why the person engaged in a murderous behavior? They're supposed to be savior. They are literally supposed to be the savior of the free world. Uh, but that savior of the free world, first name, you identified with them as slave patrols. And that's what they appear to still be doing, is capturing the black man. And they're not getting paid for it. Well, they are getting paid for it, but that's their job. But it's capture the black man and see what we can do to destroy as what it seems like we're going to do now. Because I've never been through a span in my life where I've seen this many people um, have issues with racism. I've never been through this many situations in my life where everything is getting shot at. Everybody's getting shot at. And that is they just come back to love. They just come back to where your heart is. They come back to how you feel about others. And keep in mind, none of this stuff that we're talking about is is attached to your DNA. It all comes from hatred. It all comes from the great, 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 great grandpappy that went out to talk to the granddaddy, to talk to the daddy, to talk to the son. And that's where all these things are coming up from, man. Because we somehow or another have got to figure out the way that we can survive and flourish in this modern day America. Right. Because it doesn't look like they're going to give us an opportunity at all to flourish, my brother. Mm. And even you know, as you say that, Selwyn, even as you say that, Selwyn, you are not indicting every person who is a police officer, I notice. You are no. just talking about those who happen to hold those points of views. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, man, I think color green is beautiful. A lot of people think the color green is, is too much. You know, so you can agree to disagree, but in their particular situation of their their job in the world is we should all agree. We should all sort of kind of be in a situation where everybody knows the consequences. And right now, what we know of being black is if we can avoid the police for any situation, we won't avoid the police. Mm. You know, because somebody could be carjacking your car and right now. What do you really want to do? Want to take it from your own hands, or you want to give it to somebody that might come, might show up, and might flip the script on you immediately and think of you as the culprit because you're pissed off because somebody stole your stuff, and you and him don't have good lines of communication. Now here you go in the fire, and we've seen this thing flip. The young man in uh, Philadelphia, uh, parent, mama called to uh, have a health check. Uh, there was a young lady in, in uh, Portland, Oregon, named Stephanie Babb. Her brother, uh, decorated, me, decorated soldier, uh, they called for a health check and they came to, you know, to talk to him. And they talked to him, the founder, the counselor, 
and it don't make any difference who or what they are. Um, so he came to the door the first time and said, hey, kids, I'm talking to my cows, everything's okay. Now, um, I got excited to completely in my yard. He came back to the door again and said, hey, y'all, you know what? I'm talking to the council. Could you please give me a little freedom? Well, you know what have happened to the third time, right? They mm. put something right between his eyes and put it back in the head on because he needed somebody to talk to. He didn't need nobody to tell him to shut up or sit down and get on the ground. He needed somebody to talk to as a human being. And that's what we are forgetting about this whole scenario. You got a lot of mom boys. You got a lot of daddy's boys. You got a lot of young men that are human, that are being treated viciously like animals because of the color of their skin. And it's got to stop sooner or later, my man. has to. This has been going way too long. Yeah. So, you know, Selwyn, the thing is, is that when you and I spoke previously, I told you I had a more indirect association with loss as a result of these types of actions when uh, Michael Brown was killed back in St. Louis in the Ferguson area. Um, there's initially an overriding sense of anger, right, when you experience that kind of loss. I know my own path through it, and what I had to do to get beyond it, because otherwise I would have been so steeped in it, I would have been incapable of doing anything else. I know you obviously had it, having to watch what you watched, understand what you understood about it. The anger is, of course, justified. But speak to me somewhat about how you move beyond it so that those things you're talking about doing now, taking responsibility for helping to change things, you're capable of doing that without the anger just overwhelming you all the time. I use the things that motivate me, the things that anger me to motivate me. Uh, because I can be mad. I can cry every second of every day with the things that's happened to me in my life right. when it comes down to racism and equality, you know. Um, I was put on that slow bus because I I, I, I stuttered, you know. Uh, I wasn't crazy or mentally, uh, you know, mentally handicapped. I just couldn't speak, you know. Um, so... There's a lot of situations that you get put in because, you know, this is crazy, Great. We're talking about that we are being ostracized, disrespected, humiliated, ashamed, embarrassed. We've been beat, whipped, we've been beat, whipped, lynched, hung, killed, burned, tar feathered, raised kids, raised families, made them rich, and what are we? Black. We have had a great role in this country and making this world successful and people in this world successful. And what are we here? We get put down, we get beat down because we're the whipping sticks. 
And you wake up one day, my brother, and you don't want to take this. You don't want to take any of the BS that you've had to take of your life. And then you wake up and you find out that for some unknown reason, there's a flag on the police uniform patch that you live in a town. And there's an emergency council meeting. And one of the first statements they made was, why would we change anything because a dead uncle lives in our town? Why would you change anything? Because a dead uncle lives in this town. And he's not a part of this town. He's been living in three years, started a couple businesses, and built a nice house. I'm not part of that uh, community because uh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I blame. Blame. Because I brought things around my little town that nobody needed nor wanted or cared about it because it had to do with a black person. That it was not even right. You know, I had a Klan rally. Uh, just had the whole works for me because somebody killed my nephew and there's so many people that are thinking, that are liberated because of stuff like that happens, that they want to go around thinking, hey, more power, you know, good for the people, good for the people. That ain't good for anybody. That's not good for anybody to take somebody's life because of the color of their skin. Because they were at the wrong place at the wrong time because of the color of their skin. Why can't we just all realize that we are all humans? We all make mistakes. We all have trials and tribulations. None of us are perfect. And for you to use your badge to assassinate, to, uh, to murder, to thin the population out or to do whatever you think right in your brain. Um, it is wrong. It is wrong to harm anyone because of the color of their skin. Um, and just think about this, um, Mr. Poe. 60 years ago, we couldn't even go sit back in the restaurant. When you were born, your mom and your daddy could not have taken in a restaurant because y'all were the wrong club. I think about that. We're the only people in the world that's got to negotiate what we can do or what works for us because everybody else doesn't matter. Everybody else just jumps into it. Hey, it, it, it works. But with us, we got to literally negotiate. Find out that, you know, if got a dot out across the teeth, to make sure everything is is where it needs to be, how it needs to be. Because uh, we don't have an opportunity to make any more mistakes. Mm-hmm. We don't have any opportunities for people to make mistakes, mistakes when it comes down to us. Because it's getting to the point now that it's, it's been scary. But it's getting to the point now, should we even leave our house? 
So we have a verdict. We, of course, are going to have sentencing next month, I understand. No, actually, in June, I understand. What is the path forward, Selwyn, for you and for anyone who is the family member of someone who's been taken from us um, in these horrible ways with their murder by members of law enforcement? What is the path, path forward for you in terms of what you will do and will continue to do and how do you anticipate impressing upon people of all kinds, as you've described, the impact of this loss so that it's never forgotten and that it's always considered when we are looking at what the future that we hope to create will be? Uh, 1986, I'm sure you remember the space shuttle blown up. Mm -hmm. uh, 1992, I'm sure you remember the space shuttle I'm sure you remember when uh, the World Trade Center planes were blown about. You won't ever forget the day that you heard about George Floyd. If you knew me, you call me Perry. Because coronavirus, what's you saying? Horrible, horrible. It was one of the biggest things in making the world open their eyes. There's two types of eyes, two types of thick break people that people that can't read and people that don't want to read. And uh those people that don't want to read, they got their they got their face jammed into um, some stuff that you cannot look over. You cannot walk by. You have to stand up and stick your chest out and look at this. And realize that there should be shame on them. There should be shame on a lot of them because of the, the killing, the killing, the destruction, the mayhem that has been given to us because of simple, the color of our skin. Just simple, the color of our skin. Mm. So we've got to keep the communication. We got to keep the nonviolent protests, no nonviolent marches. Man, we just have to get our point across. And like I said, you got to irritate somebody before something gets done. So we have to do whatever we need to do so people listen to us in a calm, somber note situation because you know that we're not. We're not allowed the opportunity to get mad, to put our fists down on the desk and say, hey, man, listen here, this is what I feel like you need to do. Because when it gets to that point with us, and we do that, we're disgruntled black people. Therefore, we are not. What are we supposed to communicate with when we get hostile? So we just got to make sure everything is is done in a nice, kind, gentle way uh, until we can get this all worked out, man, because this has got to be worked out. Because without this being worked out, um, the world doesn't um, continue to exist. Right. We have to have men, women, children on the same page in every race, creed, or color, every aspect. Because we want to make 
the best human being possible. So that they can be world changers. And right now, man, I think more people are worried about staying alive than they are changing the world. Right. Right. And that's reality. So a lot of the younger folks, and I hate using that term because it doesn't really get to the core of who these people are, but a lot of people I've come across who are substantially younger than I am, substantially younger than you are, when it comes to these matters, they're having an entirely different perspective. They say, burn it down to show how angry you are. You're saying something different, and you are the person, along with other members of your family, who lost someone. How do you respond to that type of reaction from people who say that the exact opposite of what you're proposing is the only way to go? Slow your roll. Stop. Stop. What happens? We continue to destroy things, or somebody continues to destroy things. And that's going to put all of us in a bad situation because they're trying to make up laws now for riders. But you riot it and certain things happen, everybody's going to go down. So, where there's a will, there is a way. And the way is peaceful. Uh, God bless you, kids. Y'all fight your tenacity uh, by far matches no one that I've seen. But, I've always wondered about this. Do we do we know what we're fighting for, or we're just fighting? Because it's you can. That's the problem that we have with little young kids. Do they know what they're fighting? Because if we could put them in a situation while they know why they're fighting, well, that means that. You'll know why you're living. You know you'll know why the path of your life is taken has traveled down this path, and you'll know all of these aspects. You won't just wake up one day because you see your friends out there arguing, a fight. Well, hey, let me get on and get in there because that isn't what we need. Mm. Uh, you have to come to this fight with ammunition. You have to come to this fight with calm. You have to come to this fight with a belief that all people were created equal and all people will be uh, transformed back into equality. So would you then, I love what you're saying there, um, you would categorize yourself more of the late John Lewis's perspective about getting in good trouble than just burning yeah. it all down. You know, man, I would, it bothers me. A tremendous, tremendously to think that somebody put their blood, sweat, and tears into something. And in a matter of seconds, it's gone because somebody was mad. And that's pretty much what we're seeing. Because somebody's pissed off at the decisions that were made for us. We, other people, got to last back. All right. 
I don't think that. Last back hasn't gotten us a lot. Well, my last back hasn't gotten us a lot either. You know, um, George Perry Floyd did more for race relations. Mm. Did more for racism, systemic racism, hatred, power, and control than anything ever. Ever. Because those dogs, the water hose, the beatings, all of these things were addressed in that nine minutes and 29 seconds of a hate-filled anger, violence, power, and control. And we've seen the past, the present, and the future come out on that one particular day. You've got to know where you want to go so you can figure out how to get there. Mm. We have known where we should have been. We know where we want to go, but unfortunately, we're not given the right op- the same opportunity to go as others. Now, this really bothers me. Everything that we try to do to make a change, to make our life better, to make our world better, it's wrong because it was our idea came from us. What makes it wrong? Once again, because a black person speaking at herself. That's what made it wrong. Well, we've got to stop the narrative that black is what well, black is bad and white is good. Mm. You know, because all is good, all is bad. We just need to figure out how we can make this a better place. Right. So, Selwyn, where is the hope in going forward at this point for you? When I talk to young fellows like yourself that are around my age that's been putting up with these battles for the last 45, 50 years, and you give me an opportunity to use your platform to discuss our problems. When I have 75-year-old people call me, Caucasian call me and tell me that I'm doing a fine job keep up with the good work when I look um, at a march and I see three quarters of the crowd white instead of black um, that gives me um, something to be happy about but let's just see though because we know uh, pool that in a six to eight month span a lot of things happen Let's see what these people are going to be six to eight months from now. Let's see if they're still going to be on our side. You know, they'll be on the other side calling us some things, you know. And let's see if they're still willing to help us as a race achieve the, the credibility that everybody else has gotten so we can do uh, those magnificent things in life. Now, I don't know. What do people think that black people and white people work harder than black people? And think Mexicans work harder than black people. And think Hispanics, I mean, uh, harder than black people. A lot different. <laughs> you know, I differ. Uh, everybody pretty much worked the same, besides one particular entity, and they might not work as much as others. 
because they made the rules. It's all about power and control. Those that make the rules so they can, they can break mm. the rules. Don't that sound right? Mm. Don't that sound right? Yeah. Those that make the rules break. Well, seems to be the case for sure. Seems to be the case. Now, I've got a couple of more questions before we wrap here because you've given me so much to think about. And, you know, as we've spoken about the um, historical levels of activity involving people who look like you and me, what we're finding now, interestingly, on the heels of what's happened to George is now we have these spikes and attacks on others, you know, people who are uh, the AA, you know, uh, uh, PI. Uh, groupings, uh, all kinds of people who are different. It seems that there has been an offset now where anyone who is different is fair game. What do you think's behind that? Mm, let me think. Mm. The devil, mm. anger, hatred. Oh, you know that people are fear, fearful of things that they can't control. Yeah. People are fearful of things that you don't know. And most people don't know about us. Most people, the only thing they depict about us is what they show television. That is what I was told one day when I first came to South Dakota. Well, we don't know about colored folks. So first of all, we're not one of the crayons. We're not a, one of the 64. So I got a new color, not colored. <laughs> and what I am. You call me black, dear. You call me black. I'm not one of Oh, uh, so you know, man, we have got to stand up and get everybody that want to be different, that won't change, to you know, acknowledge. Hey, yeah, we do, because change just don't happen. Yeah, uh, James Baldwin said, "Hope is invented every day." Well, I've been hoping every day of my life. Right. I hope now when I look across my parking lot that. Uh, that people would just, you know, just forget about it all and just let life go. But when you're standing outside your motel and you hear somebody says, Anderson, uh, you know, I was a drug addict. And they're riding my holiday sits out the window at me. And I don't know what part of their brain works and what part of the brain don't work because don't you know that I'm going to see you one day at a grocery store or at a hardware store or something? I'm going to ask you about that. Now, what made you make a decision that you wanted to holler that out of my window? Now, what if I physically ever done you? What if my nephew done to you? What have any of us done to you to warrant the disrespect? That I've been given because somebody decided to murder my nephew. All right. Well, nobody can ever answer me that question. <laughs> nobody can ever answer me that question. Yeah. Because their answer would be you're just blind. You're just blind. Nice. Like it means absolutely nothing to them. To sit down to help us through any trials and tribulations we got because why we're just black okay 
So, Selwyn, um, for people who want to join you in the fight against all of it, you know, we talk about macroaggressions, microaggressions. Let's just talk about all the aggressions. Is there any way that they can join you in this fight? Justice for George, uh, A46. Uh, getting justice for George.com. Uh, there's always a way that uh, you can help Uncle Selwyn. And uh, just be true to yourself. Be real to yourself. You know, be true to others. And if somebody's around that's doing something that, that you just don't need or don't want or isn't warranted, don't feel bad because you're 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 calling somebody uh, to respect other people or respect situations because there's a lot of things that need respect in many ways. You know, you don't need to be cussed out or called out of your name or, or treated disrespect, disrespectfully because of the color of your skin. And we've been getting that, you know, since the beginning of time. So we need to come to the forefront and say, hey, I'm black and I'm proud. Uh, we don't belong in the back of no bus. You know, we need to get a seat at the front. We need to get a driver's license. We need more doctors. We need more lawyers. Uh, we need more fellows like yourself with uh, real opinions, real thoughts, that is willing to do what you need to do to get it out to your people to show that there is a change on their way. Mm. There is a change on the way. And it all starts with self. Because you can lie to anybody in the world, Mr. Patient. You know this. You can lie to anybody in the world. One person that you can't lie to is yourself. That is right. And no I'm, matter what yeah. you think you are, what you don't think you are, yeah. you look yourself in the mirror and you say, self, what am I? Who am I? And uh, you might. You might like what you hear sometimes. Yeah, that's the problem. People tell us what we are, what we're not. And uh, you look in that mirror and you have a, that conversation. You might just like who you And that's a perfect note to end this on today. And I want to thank you, Selwyn, for your time, for your passion, for finding the means to overcome this tremendous sense of loss by finding work that's purposeful and reminding everyone else that they can do the same. And as Selwyn indicated, you can reach out to him through any of the avenues he mentioned and join the fight because where good people work together, good things can happen. And we call that a pool-proof wisdom moment. Thank you, Selwyn. My man, God bless you, You as well. Blessed be. Oh, yes, sir.